Craig, you have such a lovely Christmas shirt on. I hoped you would notice. <laughs> Did you do that just for me? I thought of you, yes. <laughs> and everyone else, just the joy of me and my bright reds and greens. It's um, just to describe it since this isn't a video podcast. It's a very nice plaid shirt with red and green done in a very tight, small plaid pattern, button-down collar. Yes, of course. Yeah. I left my elf hat in the office. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Tart podcast here in Christmas week. John Eldridge and Craig McConnell here just to share a few thoughts, not to add any Thing to the noise or the pressure that you might be feeling. Yeah. We were feeling it before we even started recording, just aware of the pressure trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And maybe just to name that, there's that pressure again, always trying to get in, the pressure for it to be good, the pressure for you to come through, just simply the pressure of what you've got to get done. We push that back. Mm-hmm. We push that back and have no intention of adding to it. We really just wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you here on Christmas week of where our hearts are and what we're celebrating. And I think I want to begin by reading something to you that's something I often read to our family around Christmas or on Christmas Eve. This is from G.K. Chesterton. It's late in his book, The Everlasting Man. And the title of the chapter is The God in the Cave. And he's talking about, obviously, the birth of Jesus. He says, We all know the story of how Herod, alarmed at some rumor of a mysterious rival, remembered the wild gesture of the capricious despots of Asia and ordered a massacre of suspects of the new generation of the populace. Everyone knows the story, but not everyone has perhaps noted its place in the story of the strange religions of men. The demons also, in that first festival of Christmas, feasted after their own fashion. Unless we understand the presence of that enemy, we shall not only miss the point of Christianity, but even miss the point of Christmas. The way he does this is so poetic and beautiful. He says, Christmas for us in Christendom has become one thing, and in one sense, even a very simple thing. But like all the truths of that great tradition, it is in another sense a very complex thing. He says, yes, many notes of humility and gaiety, of gratitude, of of a mystical fear, but also of vigilance and drama. It is not only an occasion for peacemakers and peace. There is something defiant in it also, something that makes the abrupt bells at midnight sound like the great guns of a battle that has just been won. All this indescribable thing that we call the Christmas atmosphere only hangs in the air 
as something like a lingering fragrance or fading vapor from the exultant explosion of that one hour in the Judean hills nearly 2,000 years ago. But the savor is still unmistakable. And it is something too subtle or too solitary to be covered by our use of the word peace. By the very nature of the story, the rejoicings in the cavern were rejoicings in a fortress or an outlaw's den. Properly understood, it is not flippant to say they were rejoicings in a dugout. It is not only true that such a subterranean chamber was a hiding place from enemies and that the enemies were already scouring the stony plain that lay above it. It is not only that the very horse hoofs of Herod might in that sense have passed like thunder over the head of Christ. It is also that there, in that image of a true idea of an outpost, of a piercing through the rock and an entrance into an enemy territory. Hmm. I'm going to pause in that first part and just let you react to that, Craig. What does that reading stir in you this Christmas tide? I don't mean the slight hearted at all, but as you're reading, I'm thinking, wait, where's the manger? You know, where's the Christmas scene mm-hmm. that I'm more familiar with mm-hmm. compared to that description? Pretty sterile. Mm-hmm. Soft. Yeah. Mild. But it could be described as a, a group of outlaws together. Mm-hmm. Or soldiers in a dugout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very different picture. There's something that goes, really? And there's another part that goes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which of the two, the gentle, mm-hmm. candlelit, mm-hmm. clean straw, mm-hmm. manger scene, or the desperate raid into enemy territory under cover of darkness. Which of those two could have changed the world? Yeah, yeah. Which of those two had the power to overthrow the kingdom of darkness? Mm -hmm. An explosion. Yes. An explosion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The thing that I love about that Chesterton goes on to say, royalty can only return to its own by a sort of rebellion. Indeed, the church from its beginnings, and perhaps especially in its beginnings, was not so much a principality as a revolution Mm. against the prince of the world. Mm. It's just good to remember here at Christmastide Part of what we're celebrating might be depicted in silent night, holy night, might be captured in a way in a manger. Part of it, part Mm -hmm. of it, the beauty, the mystery, the wonder, the love. But we miss the power of this if we don't remember the other part as well. The bells at midnight are like the great guns Mm -hmm. of a war that has just been won or the first battle, shall we say, of the war that has just been won. 
Yeah. The picture of a fortress versus manger. Yeah, exactly. You know, as we're talking, more of my reaction is surfacing. And there is a part of me that just wants to stand up, kind of thrust my fist into the air and just scream, yes. You know, it touches on something Mm -hmm. that feels much more visceral and Mm -hmm. deep. Yeah, right. So we are celebrating our rescue. Yes. We were captives and the world was totally under the kingdom of darkness. And what we are celebrating at Christmas is a raid and a rescue. Mm. It's good to remember that. It adds passion. It adds oomph. It adds drama to our celebrations, right? Yeah. And then – The chapter ends with this line. He's talking about the Magi and their visit. And then he says, The strange kings fade into a far country, and the mountains resound no more with the feet of the shepherds. And only the night and the cavern lie in fold upon fold over something more human than humanity. Hmm. The other part of that is it is a raid, it is a rescue, it is a restoration of our humanity. Mm-hmm. The incarnation, mm-hmm. right? The Son of God becoming the Son of Man, not to do away with our humanity, not to turn us into something else, to you know change the human race into the race of angels, right? But to restore the human race. Mm -hmm. As Paul says in Romans that God knew what he was doing from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And this is Peterson's translation. The sun stands first in the line of humanity, God restored. Mm -hmm. And so Christmas is a celebration of an invasion and it's a celebration of humanity in the sense of the incarnation and in the sense of the restoration of your humanity. John, what would cause us to be hesitant to embrace this description of Christmas? Is it just we don't know the larger story, the full story? Mm. Why would some listening to this feel like we're over-dramatizing that, you know, hey, just stick to the story, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I think that we have all been so enculturated and, dare I say, inoculated Mm -hmm. by traditional Christian imagery that we forget what this story actually is, Mm -hmm. right? Colossians chapter 1 makes it very clear, right? He has ransomed us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption. Right, that the whole story is one of a usurping kingdom, right? A dark prince, a Stalin, a Chairman Mao, mm-hmm. an Idi Amin, right? A Pol Pot, you know, an evil dictator, right? And forces, frankly, very much like ISIS, 
just designed to steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. right? Very much the evil that you see in the world today had at one point total control, complete control over the world and over humanity. And something had to be done. Something had to be done. And the incarnation, it was Phil Yancey who first pointed this out to me, is a daring raid into enemy territory, right? Mm -hmm. And it is an overthrow of the kingdom of darkness, right? In order to heal the brokenhearted, as Jesus promises in Isaiah 61, he has to do something else and the setting of the captives free, right? Freedom from darkness for the prisoners. It is a rescue mission for the human race in order that God may go about your restoration and the intimacy and the beauty and the wonder and the other things that we want to enjoy. Yeah. 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 Where my mind's going right now is my relationship with God, which is it more like kind of the, the soft Christmas Christianity that is widely accepted, or is my relationship with God one that that has dramatically altered the course of my life mm-hmm. and is a rescue? Right, right, exactly. I mean, and then the personalizing it, just Christmas becomes, you know, I've been rescued. Mm-hmm. You know, it's deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what enables you to secure the joy of this week. Last week, if you weren't with us, we were talking about the importance of consecrating, mm-hmm. consecrating your Christmas season, consecrating whatever it is you're going to do, your church services, your family time, getting together with friends, just your personal walk with God in this week. You have to fight for the joy. Yeah. You yeah. have to fight for the joy. Well, why do you have to fight for the joy? Because you live in a world at war, Mm -hmm. and that invasion is still going on, and all the joy is to be had. Mm -hmm. All of the wonder and the goodness is actually available, Mm -hmm. right, if you'll fight for it. Yeah, yeah. So, friends, with that in mind, two simple thoughts for this week. We celebrate an invasion. We celebrate a rescue And the invasion and the rescue is we celebrate the restoration of our humanity through the incarnation. The son became man. What's the C.S. Lewis line, Craig? The son of God became man to enable men to become the sons of God. That's what it's about. His coming and his embracing humanity in this great invasion is for the restoration of your humanity, dear ones. So, Jesus, come and fill each of our Christmas week. Come and fill Christmas tide. Come and fill this time in our lives, in our kingdoms. We consecrate the celebration, the joy, We consecrate all that we are about this week, whether it's travel or staying home, whether it's several different church activities or 
reaching out to those in need, consecrate the entirety of our Christmas to the kingdom of God. And we invoke the kingdom of God into it, just like the invasion. We invoke the kingdom of God into it, and we invoke the kingdom of God over it. And Jesus, I ask you for the grace to see and to receive every gift you have for me, every gift, Lord, small and great, intimate and personal, community-wise, every gift. I invoke the kingdom of God, and I invoke the great restoration into my life and into my Christmas now, right here in this week, in the name of the invader, Mm. in the name of Jesus, our ransom and the restoration of our humanity. Amen. Amen. Friends, Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs>